The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back, Trinidad and Tobago. Welcome back to Human Impact on Freedom 106.5 FM. And we're stepping into our interview for this hour where we are talking about the pathway of a creative. You know, the people that seem like they have no purpose and just want to be home drawing on a piece of paper. Where you're going with that? Well, we're going to tell you about that pathway, that road. And in studio with me, I've got Nicholas Huggins, a creative force navigating the realms of graphic design, illustration, and entrepreneurship. Nicholas is not just a designer, he's a visual a storyteller, skillfully intertwining narratives that seamlessly merge creativity with commerce. At the helm of a backyard design company, Nicholas has crafted an award-winning creative hub, earning numerous gold and silver Addy Awards. I'll tell you what those are in just a little bit. And notably securing the prestigious Charlie Award for his work in creating a Google Doodle for the steel pan. And we'll talk about that as well. His larger artistic installations grace public spaces, including CNC3, Eastgate Small, and Phase 2 Pan Groove. Panyard. So not to give away too much about the gentleman, let's introduce him. Good morning to you, Nicholas. How are you? Good morning. Very well. Thank you very much for having me. And it, I, I have to say, I really love your work, so let me get that part out of the way. <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, in terms of uh, really being on creative in this time and space, tell us about your journey and how you started from like little boy drawing. Tell us from there. Okay, okay. So mm -hmm. I went to... Uh, Bishop Ansi Junior School in St. Anne's mm -hmm. and I would say that Bishop Ansi Junior School was really the the sort of base of me becoming a creative because I would say that there's a lot of creative individuals that came out of that primary school mm -hmm. um, so clearly there's something happening in, in, that, Bishop, Junior. in Bishop Junior School I agree with you um, yeah. so I remember every year taking part in the art competitions I had an art teacher there Miss Wharton and she really encouraged me um, in terms of following along with the art, we used to do art, art, extra art lessons after school or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. From there, I went to St. Mary's College, CIC, um, and I did art there with a, another really good art teacher, Mr. Andre Rez. And I had him all the way up to Form 6 doing art. Mm -hmm. And once again, I was always a very eager art student. I was always the person finishing homework early because I really enjoyed doing it. So mm -hmm. I think just that intrinsic interest and enjoyment of it kind of led me through into doing art for CXC, doing art for Cape. Mm -hmm. And once I got to Form 6, there was a bit of, what do you do now? Do you follow the art or do you do something else that may come across as being a more sensible career Money path? making. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. luckily, my parents were very encouraging of me following into the, into the art and creative side of it. Mm -hmm. And I got accepted into a school called the Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And ended up going there for four years from 2009 to 2013. And when I got there, I didn't really even know that there were this many things you could do in art. You know, I kind of got there. I, at that mm -hmm. point, I was like, cool, painting, illustration, mm -hmm. the typical things that people think of art. But then you get to a school like SCAD and you realize, wow, there's so many different pathways that you could take from 
literally textile design or mm-hmm. industrial design or fashion or Sculpture. accessory design. Yeah. yeah, 3D. There's so many different things that you could do. So I got there and I kind of thought, all right, I'd go into a more traditional art side of it. But when I got there, I took an introduction to graphic design class and really fell in love with graphic design. And I thought to myself, you know what? With the fine art side of it, I could always kind of learn as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, but with graphic design, there's so many different rules and stuff that you need to know to be able to create good branding or packaging design or whatever the case is. So I decided to follow that, then got back to Trinidad after the four years. There was once again, do you mm-hmm. stay or do you come back? And I decided that I wanted to come back home. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Trinidad and I, once again, you, as a creative, you get that sort of um, pathway in life. It's like, do you go down the route of freelancing or do you try to get a full-time nine-to-five nine job? To five job? Yeah. And I actually went down the nine-to-five route to start with, which I'm very happy about. Um, so my first job was with a company called Restaurant Holdings Limited. And I was the in-house graphic designer for their two brands at the time, which were Popeyes and Burger King. So I was basically in office, I think it was 8 to 4.30 every day, doing every single thing that they needed in terms of visuals, whether that was press ads, um, Mm -hmm. social media, doing stuff on their website. And it was really interesting because I got to work with, obviously, these two huge global brands and really kind of understand what goes into creating designs for these. Exactly. And I was there for about a year and then an opportunity came up. I saw an ad on Facebook for a senior art director position at McCann. And so... I was like, Makan is, a, once again, a, a global, global brand, force, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied. They were asking for like five years experience. It was a senior art director position. So I, j- I just applied, not really thinking I would even get called for an interview. Mm-hmm. But I ended up getting called for a first interview, then a second interview, then a third interview. Then I got offered the position. So once again, I would always encourage creatives in Trinidad to try to pass through advertising agency. Yes, because you at get, least once, yeah. At least once. You mm-hmm. get such a understanding of work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. And what it really takes to go into working in the creative business, mm-hmm. you know? So I was at McCann for two and a half years. At that time, I was working with brands like B-Mobile, Angostura, RBC, Nestle. Doing a, like Once again, getting some really good exposure to these massive global brands and massive regional brands as well um and then after two after two and a half years while i was working at mccann i was also doing a little freelancing on the side illustration mm-hmm. i'd wake up every morning super early work on where there was an illustration to post every day on instagram at that time i was trying to do at least one illustration a day to post onto instagram to build up that instagram following was it like the you know, there have been a lot of challenges on Instagram and TikTok and so on, like the 30-day challenge, where you do a small illustration for each day for 30 days and, yeah. you, and you build that portfolio. Was it one of those? It was n- It was not, but it was kind of like that. I was mm. just posting anything I wanted to. If I was listening to Bob Marley one day, I would just right. do an illustration of Bob Marley and post it. Like, it was very um, just for the moment, whatever mm. I decided to draw that day, right? But... If any of my friends are listening, everyone knows I love a challenge. Yeah. So I always try to do these different things. So my challenge at the time was just trying to post every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't good, I would still post. And if it wasn't that good and I didn't really like it, I'd just say, didn't have that much time today, but I worked on something for half an hour. And yeah, this the is result. the result of it. Yeah. I wanted to go back to the uh, uh, 
point where you were talking about working for an advertising agency and being the creative director. Um, Not the creative director. I was one of the art directors. Art so directors. I, yeah, I was within the creative department under creative director. So tell me the process of working for a particular brand, building that image, and understanding what the... Uh, the colors, etc. Tell us about that process. Yeah, so with those brands in particular, the good thing is is that they already have pretty much defined brand guidelines, mm -hmm. right? So a brand guideline is essentially a playbook in terms of how to use a brand, right? Mm -hmm. It will be, these are the fonts to use, these are the colors to use, this is how to use the logo correctly, and it also tells you how to use the logo incorrectly so you don't make those mistakes, right? right. So the Working on a big brand, like let's use B-Mobile as an example, mm -hmm. it really is just about understanding how to understand those brand guidelines and know, okay, cool, this is the correct green to use for the, um, for the color palettes. This is the correct secondary colors that you could use. These are the colors mm -hmm. not to use. So it's really all about sort of reading these existing brand guidelines and understanding how to actually action these into press ads or social media posts or whatever the case is. Because it... it uh it has to be cohesive. Exactly. Right? So if it is that you put one image, let's say, on the newspaper, it has to translate into social media and that platform. Exactly. So it, it, it's a little more complicated than just drawing something and then putting it out there. 100%, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, with press ads, for instance, it's about choosing the correct images and mm -hmm. what is the feel of the brand what images do they want to use rather than what images do they not want to use or whatever the case is for that. Uh, I would think at uh, that process as well, as you said, images, you, you have to stay to uh, the identity of the brand and using certain images may uh, send the wrong message. Exactly. So how do you find the inspiration with all of those guidelines? Because it, it seems like you're a little bit in a box, you yeah. know? How do you find the inspiration to come with something new using those guidelines? I would say the biggest inspiration and the biggest, like, amount of fun that you'd have working on these things is really coming up with what you call the big idea mm -hmm. for the campaign. So the actual day-to-day -day creating of press ads maybe may not be the most fun or inspiring thing to do, but mm -hmm. sitting down in a room with the, uh, with the rest of the creative department and trying to kind of hash out, okay, this is the big idea for the carnival campaign or the Christmas campaign. That is really where you're allowed to have, I would say, a lot of fun mm -hmm. in terms of crafting those things. But then even for the day-to-day -day press ads coming up with what's going to be the headline, how, mm -hmm. how is it going to differ and how is it going to be super creative as opposed to something that we've done already or seen already. So that that's kind of where you have the fun. Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, actually sitting down and creating a press ad isn't the most fun, which is why I no, I no longer work in advertising and I yeah. work more in terms of branding and packaging design for different companies because then you could sort of build the brand from the ground up. So that's more what I'm working on now and that's where I have my most amount of fun well this is where we're going to step into how you built your personal brand and uh, as an artist how do you taper you know this is what i want to do but i really want to follow the client how, yeah. how do you branch that yeah that's a very interesting question so i always kind of differentiate between what's art and what's design so a lot mm -hmm. of the things that i do on my personal Instagram page, which is just Nicholas Huggins Creative, that mm -hmm. is where I have my fun and I post whatever I want to post and I kind of look at the to clients mm -hmm. so that clients can then see what I enjoy doing and potentially hire me to do something because For they've seen it right. there. Mm -hmm. Then you have the client side of it, 
which is more of the what I would call like the design, which is where you are designers you are basically visually communicating something mm -hmm. that the client wants to communicate so for instance i did the um label and branding for berties the pepper sauce right mm -hmm. so for something like that i need to understand from the client what's the vibe they're going for right and understand what they are trying to communicate to their client and then use those confines of what they need and what they want and then i then use my creativity to basically communicate that mm -hmm. right so the that is a lot of fun as well because you're working within the confines of what the client wants and what the client needs and what that industry needs in terms of representing itself because you can't design a pepper sauce and it looks like shampoo True. people won't know what it is Bloody on the shelf yeah. right so it needs to still communicate what it is communicate all these different things right so i have a lot of fun with that because i quite like working within these sort of parameters mm -hmm. but that's why i am a graphic designer as well right so there is a difference and I enjoy dabbling in, on both sides of it and I try to kind of do my own thing but then also I enjoy doing the client work as well. All right. So TNT, we are in studio with Mr. Nicholas Huggins just talking about the creative side um, and understanding the pathway of a creative. So just in case you've got a young person who says, yeah, what? Well, I don't want to do the nine to five. I want to be the creative. This is the place and the conversation to take in to understand where to go forward with it. Going to take a short break. And when we come back, we've got the Google Doodle to talk about coming up next. <music> You're tuned into the all-new Freedom 106.5. 106.5. Welcome back, Trinidad and Tobago. 1022 on the nose and in studio with us as we talk about the pathway of a creative, Mr. Nicholas Huggins, uh, designer extraordinaire, successful business owner. And as we continue to talk about how we... Uh, differentiate between creative and somebody who's just an artist i wanted to ask you about as an artist in the caribbean um how are you able to successfully monetize your business how did what was that journey like yeah that's a good question so basically while i was working at the ad agency i was posting on instagram every day posting illustrations and one of the first freelance jobs I worked on was for a company called Gina's Chocolates, mm -hmm. right? A very small cottage industry chocolate maker. And she saw my illustrations on Instagram and she contacted me and she said, I'd love to have your illustrations on my packaging for her new bars of chocolates that mm -hmm. she was bringing out. So mm -hmm. all of this work that I was just doing for fun or whatever the case is as practice, she saw it and asked me to create her packaging for her using my illustration style and basically obviously from there that's how you begin to monetize mm -hmm. your art or monetize your creativity and packaging design was always something that i was very drawn to and i loved because it kind of brings together all these different aspects of graphic design it brings together branding it brings together illustration there's all these different things that you can do with packaging design mm -hmm. and i did her packaging and from there it started to get noticed and mm -hmm. so someone else contacted me to do their packaging and their, and their logo design and then mm -hmm. from there someone else and then it just kind of snowballed and i was doing more work i began doing a lot of work for a company called cga limited mm -hmm. and they do nariel cooking oil and Ma um that's coconut growers association coconut growers association right. yeah so then i began doing stuff 
for them. So mm-hmm. that was one of my first freelance jobs out of working at the advertising agency was mm-hmm. doing CGA Limited's um, infused coconut oils. Once again, a job that gave me a lot of flexibility to do something really cool for a company that's been in the game for like 80 plus years or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And from there with CGA, I started doing all the margarines, their soaps, their... They brought out Seagis Bay Cosmetics, so I designed their line of cosmetics. So it just, one thing kind of leads to another, another. that leads to another, Mm -hmm. that leads to another. And that's kind of how um, you are able to then monetize your creativity. Uh, We were speaking briefly off air about the difference between artist and uh, designer and the importance of actually working in an advertising company is that so you can learn about guidelines. So tell us how important that is yeah i mean i whenever i go i try to go to schools and speak to schools or whatever the case is and a question that i get asked is should i go into freelancing as soon as i graduate or should i try to get a regular job in an agency or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. i normally tell people try to go down that agency route if if even for one year because apart from getting the experience of working there, you're also going to be able to get things like loans, credit cards, easily mm. open bank accounts. So there's all these other things that are really important that might be a little bit more challenging or difficult if you're just operating as a sole trader, for example. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, go down that route of working in an agency. And as, as, we, as we mentioned, it definitely also gives you that appreciation for short timelines. So you yes. get that sort of work ethic built into you mm-hmm. because a job might come on your desk at 8 o'clock in the morning and you need to present that to the client at midday so that you ha- you can get back feedback yes. to then make sure that that press ad is at the media company for 4pm so that they can mm-hmm. run it in any papers the next day, you know? I think it also um, figures the, uh, the creativity module so that you can have something on the spur of the moment. It trains you. For sure. Yeah? To get over creative block very yes. quickly. Yes. Yeah. And also... Well, going back to your uh, process of putting stuff online and then being recognized for it. Tell us how that recognition led you to the Google Doodle situation. Yeah, so I always, like once again, I always tell people, you know, just, just post stuff online because if no one knows what you're doing, how how would they know? Yeah. Unless you tell them, right? So I'll speak about another job first to just to give an example of how it works, right? Mm-hmm. So... I create what I would call like fan art. So I was illustrating my favorite singers or actors mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. I mean, there's a wide range of people or things that I like. And Carnival, when Savannah Grass came out, I did an illustration of Kess and just posted it onto my Instagram and tagged him in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he ended up seeing it, but he eventually he saw it and he messaged me and said, let's do something together. Send me your contact number. That was February 2020, mm-hmm. right? And at that point, so I DM'd him back my contact information didn't hear anything and then that july he sent me a message and said i'd love to work with you i'm bringing out this live album Mm -hmm. right and i'd love for you to basically create the artwork for that album and that was we home Mm -hmm. right um and that's just how one thing that i did and that, that i posted and to be honest with you i was doing this series of illustrations in that style and it wasn't getting a lot of traction. Like, not really many people were liking or commenting on it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I like it. So let me still Just continue doing posting. it. Yeah. And it resonated with Kess. And so that's how that entire job and that working relationship came to be. Mm-hmm. Similarly, with the Google Doodle, I got a DM on Instagram from a lady named Angelica McKinley. 
and she said hi um basically i am the one of the art directors of google doodle and we came across your work we'd love to work with you on something mm -hmm. let me know what your email address is i immediately thought this is a scam for sure i, I was not gonna yeah, ask I was like yeah, somehow right. this, yeah this is a scam or something mm -hmm. but i did my due diligence i went to her profile her profile looked like a legit profile i looked mm -hmm. for her on linkedin um, I have a friend who works at Google, so I asked him if he could check the employees and see if yes, she's in the... Yes, if she's listed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, it was a legitimate thing. So I messaged back. I said, cool, I'd be happy. Like, definitely. Like, mm -hmm. who says no to an opportunity like that, right? And just to let you know what the Google Doodle is, when you go onto the Google search engine, there's a simple animation that comes up on the logo part. So you click on it, and then a whole story unfolds. Exactly. The one that, well, you tell us exactly what that doodle, Sure. So the movement of it. At the time, I had no clue what it was going to be. But mm -hmm. I figured if they were asking me, it was probably something to do with, the, with Trinidad and to be go over the Caribbean in general so first of all signed a non-disclosure agreement so mm -hmm. basically say I couldn't tell anybody about what we we're working on and from there she told me it was going to be about the steel pan and mm -hmm. this was around May 2020 so this was kind of when COVID was first kicking on off. board yeah yeah mm -hmm. um, change the life exactly boy um, my wife and I at the time were actually in the UK visiting her parents and mm -hmm. so we were stuck in the UK for eight months we were one of those groups of people who were stuck out for a while and so she sends me the email we decide cool let's work on this together mm -hmm. and it was supposed to come out like two months after that in like June or July 2020 but I suggested to her if we're doing something on a steel pan it'd be really nice to include Mm -hmm. rather than just having a static image yeah. we decided we'd create a full-length animation that included music and whatever the case is so i was able to then put her in touch with different individuals to kind of organize those different aspects of it so mm -hmm. i reached out to mixie gobin who i do a lot of work with in terms of animation i actually met him at mccann right and so that's one other way that just through that network i'm i now have one of my frequent collaborators mm -hmm. um then i reached out to atn charles who I also work with from time to time. And with ATN, they then reached out to Dr. Len Bugsy Sharp, and he also worked on it as well. And so because of that, we decided we push it back a year to give us that longer lead time to create this full-length animation. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, 2021, it was supposed to be released in July 2021, but that was when Trinidad was in like full lockdown. Mm -hmm. And we decided that given the sort of, the amount of deaths that were happening because of COVID, we would wait until we were kind of out of that stage yeah. to eventually. Out of that mindset as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it then got pushed back another year. So it ended up being something that I worked on from 2020 up until 2022. And yeah, then it eventually got released. And once it got released, I asked Angelica, I was like, why did you choose me to work on this? You know, mm -hmm. she said that she actually previously used to work at the New York Times. And she asked a lady who was from Trinidad who worked at the New York Times with her, mm -hmm. can you give me four or five people who you think would be good to do a Google Doodle wow. that would represent Trinidad and Tobago well? Mm -hmm. And I was one of on one of the people on that shortlist. And then she, I guess, did her research and asked a few other people. And she said she asked three or four people who she had previously worked with who had roots in Trinidad and everyone kept bringing up my name. So she said she kept hearing my name. And then she went to my profile on Instagram once again. You see? And she said that she saw that I would do a lot of illustrations of musicians. Mm -hmm. And she saw that I was doing work with Kess. And so she saw that I had this sort of 
experience Follow, of yeah. doing illustration in the music industry mm-hmm. and so that was kind of how she ended up choosing me to work with luckily so Trinidad and Tobago young people the steps that he gave you so far do your work and post it yeah regardless of if you like it or not um actually stick to deadlines <laughs> because um, it's showed that within talking about the agency experience sticking to deadlines also helped Definitely. and the way that you collaborated with dr bugsy sharp and the other people you know it, it got the project going and i saw the doodle and i was like hey it felt so special that trinidad is in the spotlight because the google doodle is a pretty big thing yeah you know and I appreciate that you were able to tell us the process of it because many people um, don't really understand the uh, trouble that creatives go through yeah. when building a brand and building that sort of experience. So, I mean, not to be a downer, but just to be real, could you tell us about like one of the experiences you've had that you know made you feel like, okay, I'm going to give this up, I'm not going to do this anymore? and how you overcame it yeah i mean there's always circumstances where you present something to a client they don't like it but i always try to take those types of experiences and really go above and beyond so if i do something Mm. for a client even though let's say for instance i'm contractually obligated to do three options or whatever the case is and i present it and they don't like any of the options then i need to what i do is i look into the beginning of the process and try to figure out why why did we create something that was not aligned with what the client's expectations were Mm -hmm. so something that i do in my business that i think every single person should do as well is to have a series a series of things that are your standard operating procedures so if a new client comes on board what do you do to make sure that you have the best chance of success in that project Mm -hmm. so for instance with us we present a mood board to the client and make sure that the client gets on board with that because at the end of the day, you need to have some sort of um, some sort of understanding of what the client is expecting, expecting yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, along along the terms of that, the, my standard operating procedures are always changing. With every single small failure that we have or roadblock that we encounter, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what could we have done to circumnavigate that happening ag- again, right? So, but I mean, at the end of the day, I tell people all the time, as a creative maybe if you're lucky seven times out of ten people will really 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 like what you do if you're lucky mm-hmm. so there's always going to be those times when you present something and the client doesn't like it and in a circumstance like that we tend to go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and make sure that the client is, becomes way more involved so that we could better understand what it is they want because mm-hmm. sometimes you end up designing something that you think is good or you think that the client needs but it may not necessarily be what they're expecting uh, in other words, learn from the lessons and build on top of that. A hundred percent. What are some of your favorite pieces or favorite uh, clients? I mean, Google Doodle had to be on top. <laughs> but, you know, tell me another one. Yeah. I don't want to say like if I have any favorite clients because if well, all, any of my clients okay. are listening, you're all my favorites. <laughs> all right. Favorite <laughs> project. All Could right. you say that? Yeah. I, I, I could talk a bit about my favorite projects. Um I always look back and like the most recent thing is always the top of my mind. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say that these large scale illustrations that I've been producing have been really, really fun to work on. And, mm-hmm. and seeing it in person is always like, wow, this is crazy to see. So um, 
the I think one of the first ones I did was one at C3 Center. We're talking about the murals. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So the three C3 Center courtyard. So, yeah, you all need to see this work on online. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, w- <coughs> I would suggest going to see it in person because True. really and truly, yes. <laughs> like the scale of these pieces are really incredible. Even mm-hmm. for me, like I have, I was spending time creating it on my computer and on my iPad and finally going to see once it's installed is crazy mm-hmm. so the c3 center the one at eastgate mall in the atrium there is was one of my favorite things that i've worked on also i did two at phase two pan yard which yeah. was really cool and that was done through working with um dr len bugsy sharp as well as had hadco who are the sponsors of phase two and so those types of jobs i really 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 love working on and i could imagine the process from going from computer screen to seeing it yeah on the wall yeah it's really crazy yeah. but then again as i said one of my loves is doing graphic design so i mm-hmm. love also the packaging design work and i always look back fondly at the gina's midnight hummingbird chocolate because that i look back yes. at something that really gave the me the colors in that is yeah. unbelievable um yeah the bertie's pepper sauce as well is one mm-hmm. of my favorites the stuff that i've done for cga limited is i mean so much stuff that i've done also the, of course all the work for kesty band which mm-hmm. was kind of one of the things that I would say put my company and my name kind of on the map, you know. Mm-hmm. And your favorite influences in terms of your work, artists. It could be fine art artists to graphic design. Yeah, who, I mean, who are some I, of the inspirations. Yeah, for sure. I love following specifically like Caribbean designers. So mm-hmm. there's a guy named Bonito out of Jamaica who does re- this really cool augmented reality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of fine art, I love looking at like Che Lovelace's work. Um, there's a guy named Wendell McShine, who's a, a Trinidad and Tobago um, illustrator and animator. And he's mm-hmm. really good. He just did a music video for Ataclan that was like yeah. blow oh, mind. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of influencer, influ- influences mm-hmm. and that's just kind of off the top of my head. Uh, that, I mean... I just saw the because I saw the the work for the new video yeah. for Ataclan and I was like, who did this work? It, it's out of the box thinking. Super out of the box. Out of the box. Yeah. How do you, as we're talking out of the box, how do you continue to stay out of the box? Are you in touch with trends? Tell us how you do that. Yeah, I mean, I try to consume as much visual stuff as possible. So I'm mm-hmm. always looking at what other creatives are doing. I'm always on Pinterest, on Instagram. I collect all this visual stuff right mm-hmm. so like when i if i travel i collect coasters at bars that have cool designs on them i collect flyers like i have boxes of coasters like i have hundreds of coasters at home for instance and that's just <laughs> one of the things right i collect uh, stickers i collect, I collect all listen, business cards i collect all these different things as a creative i can uh, attest to that and they call it our junk box yeah. why are you gathering all of this junk I have no space in my house to keep this nonsense. Throw it out. Yeah. But you do understand that's my treasure box. Exactly. I think my wife yeah. is always fearful of what I plan to do with my <laughs> box of coasters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just collect all these things. And when I'm looking for inspiration, sometimes mm. I just open up stuff and go through or whatever the case is. Especially if you get a nice color scheme. Yeah. And you keep the colors, right? They say, yeah, I have a project in mind for that. Definitely. So... I mean, it's a way to understand the creative pathway, Trinidad and Tobago. If you see a young person keeping swabs of cloth or colors or pieces of paper, don't throw it away. <laughs> That's inspiration, especially um, like magazine covers and, you know, artwork from other people. Yeah. Uh, going to another question. What are some of the 
uh, key things that you would like young artists to take away from this this conversation? Yeah, once again, something I repeat all the time, it's literally just to work hard. Mm -hmm. Because talent will take you a certain distance, but you really need to work hard and put in the hours and really mm -hmm. get down to the nitty-gritty of what it is you want to do and make sure that you do it. I would say that's always, for me, the biggest takeaway mm -hmm. of anything. And uh, last but not least, your upcoming exhibition. Yes. Tell us about that, uh, where the space will be, and what can we expect from the exhibition? Sure. So I graduated from university 10 years ago, mm -hmm. and I decided, you know what, I've actually never done a solo art exhibition before. I've been part of group exhibitions, but I've never done a solo exhibition. Mm -hmm. So I decided, you know what, it's been 10 years since I graduated from art school. What better time, mm -hmm. right, to kind of mark off that 10 years of being a professional creative so i decided earlier this year this is going to be the year that i'm going to have my first solo art exhibition so it's going to be next week tuesday is going to be the opening night mm -hmm. from 5 to 8 p.m at the art society of trinidad tobago which is in federation park next to flying fish swimming pool then the exhibition continues wednesday thursday friday saturday between the hours of 12 and 6 p.m mm -hmm. i plan to be there most of the time so I'm really, really looking forward to it. In terms of what you can expect, I have shared a lot of sneak peeks on my Instagram. So I encourage anyone who's listening right. to, to check out my Instagram, which is Nicholas Huggins Creative. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of prints of my digital artwork that I've done over the last 10 years. There's going to be paintings that I've done. Mm -hmm. One of the earliest pieces that are going to be in the show is an oil painting I did about one month after I graduated from university. So that's going to be there along with some other paintings. I've, I have framed pick um framed pages out of my sketchbook so there's going to be actual pages out of my sketchbook that are going to be framed and available there's going to be charcoal drawings there's going to be some sketches from the google doodle that are going to be there as well so there's going to be a nice wide yeah. range of stuff it's sounding yeah it's sounding good sounding and the name good. of the exhibition is up to now which is sort of like here's all of my stuff up to now mm -hmm. you know yeah i was i was thinking evolution from yeah. school to now exactly nicely done so Mr. Huggins, thank you so much for joining us here at Freedom 106.5 FM. And as a creative, this was like life for me, speaking. Yes, I really, really liked it. And those who are, you know, mothers or fathers of creative people, I hope you understand the process a little more, you know, and, and, and not to throw it away too much. So thank you so much for being here inside Freedom 106.5 FM. Thank you very much for having me. And good luck with your exhibition. And I hope I could come and see it. Definitely. Thank you very the much. End. Yeah? Thank you. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.